0: test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family
2: no purchase necessary vgw group void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: at lowe's we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time that's why we've updated our app with your business in mind With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money, Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome
3: to the Foot Weekly Podcast. This week we have one of FIFA 18's harshest critics, pro player Lucasinho. Oh, and the foot tactician as well to run the rule over gameplay, a potential patch and the downright ludicrousness of division rivals. We've also got a big market segment with the Foot Economist as we discuss prime icons, throwbacks and market crash speculation. Plus, the usual team of the week rundown, player review controversy and stick around for a cheeky hidden track as well. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly Podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week five of the Foot Weekly Podcast. Today I've got a regular in Foot Economist. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, Ben. Are you riding a high off your uh, combined team of the week prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm pretty proud of uh, the, uh, the,
1: uh, the, sorting other, the sorting algorithm as well as the, uh, as the guys that put in their contributions for uh, figuring it out. Uh, cause I got a, a score of 14, which is actually 14 out of 23 is not too shabby for, uh, for a week. But the thing that like makes me really proud, <laughs> maybe, uh, I'm, I'm gloating a bit here, but, uh, my score was better than the other people's, like the people
3: that did the predictions. And my score was better than them, so. <laughs> oh, so your aggregation was better than the score that the people who had predicted them got. So. <laughs> right, right. Nice. So I basically just stolen all of their, you know, all so their work. By plagiarizing more people, you get better right. results. Is that the- <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so, lessons here on Foot Weekly Podcast, as always. Um, but yeah, we've also got other guests. We've got another regular. We've got Steve, aka Foot Tactician. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Ben. Good to know. And we've also got a pro player in Lucasinho, who did get himself Foot Champions verified at the weekend. Is that correct? Or was it the weekend before? Lucas?
2: No, it was this weekend. It I got good. 28 wins this weekend.
3: Nice. Congratulations.
2: What, what what happens now? Like what what happens next? Yeah, like my goal is to win the World Cup this year. Uh, obviously, I had a breakthrough FIFA eighteen. Um, I'm just glad to be back competing again. Uh, so I'm not really taking the early competitions too seriously. It's just nice to be back mm-hmm. and playing against great players.
3: Great. Uh, and so, what would you say? I mean, we had you on before. Obviously, we know. Uh, well, those who who weren't listening, I should say, you you were pretty down on FIFA eighteen. You stopped playing early. It's good to get your insight, I guess, partly for that reason. How do you feel the start of FIFA 19 has been? How do you have you found the game since, since we last spoke?
2: I think the game is really great. Um, it's a lot better than 18. Um, there are obviously some parts of it that could be improved. Mm. Um, but... The the game is really great, um, and I've been playing really well, and I think that I've found my formation now and my tactics and everything. So hmm. I just need to improve in
3: gameplay wise. Um, and, and would you say that? Because I mean, we'll talk about them a bit, but it feels like there are big, there there are some significant flaws in the game. Like I don't know, last weekend I found. I was giving away penalties when I wasn't controlling the player quite a lot. I had like two in one game. Uh, Finesse shots seem quite overpowered, um, as we know, and outside the box finishing. Um, A fellow Swede is doing rather well with his time finishes. Uh, (laughs) Would you say these things are just things that are going to get fixed the next patch, or do you have like overall concerns? For the rest of the year, um,
2: yeah, like um, I like the way AI. Def- I, I like the balance of the AI defending this year. Mm. Um, I don't think it's overpowered at all. I think it's balanced um, because there are so many ways to counter it through skill moves. Um, it could be difficult, of, of course, with the delay that everyone is experiencing. But when it comes to the pre- precision timed finishing, it's so OP. It's so easy scoring because it's so predictable when you're supposed to hit a circle the second time. To hit the time finish, so it's pretty. It's a pretty easy me- mechanic
3: uh, to master, and it hits back of the net every time. Mm. So you, you think that's something that should be addressed in a patch, or is that good? Uh,
2: yeah, just slightly. Okay. They shouldn't make it worthless, of course. Yeah, yeah, It should be good, but when you're turned the wrong way, shooting it with the wrong foot, and hits... <laughs> like it hits the top corner it's just ridiculous yeah some yeah, of the yeah. videos
1: that you can see uh, on reddit and on twitter of people pulling that off is just it's ridiculous there's i mean there's no reason that i should be able to pull
3: off the- just people facing the wrong way yeah weak foot just not even like a good player <laughs> just going in top corners yeah it is, it is pretty mad and i think it is something that needs addressing in the patch and i, I kind of want to just uh, indicate to people that we know that a patch will come for the gameplay. There's been a lot of complaints about gameplay. I know Steve actually may be coming on this because you were complaining about it during the week on Twitter. Um, There are a lot of things and I was saying about the penalties and things like that, that, you know, they need tweaking for sure. Um, But I I could never really, at this stage of a game, dismiss it, like dismiss FIFA 19. Do you know what I mean? Because... There has been no gameplay patch. Yes, there was a patch, but it wasn't gameplay. Um, so, yeah, Steve, do you think that uh, we
4: should dismiss the game at this stage? No, not at all. Um, I'd pretty much echo what Lucas has just said, in the sense that um, the basics are there. It's, it's a good game. Um, there's just a few tweaks that need to be made here and there. Um, but the, the foundations are there, and hopefully the patch will fix it. Um, I think it's a mistake, really, to get too hung up on the things that are wrong with the game. Uh, I tweeted this morning, actually, an account that I follow on Twitter, which tweets out coach quotes. It it took my eye because I think it's very pertinent to where we are at with FIFA at this point, and it's it's by a basketball coach called John Wooden. Uh, The American listeners are probably more familiar with him. And he said, the more concerned we become over the things we can't control the less we will do with the things we can control and I think there's a real danger that people are falling into that mindset right now where they're thinking this game's beyond me you know it doesn't matter what I do the game's going to decide it for me and it's not the case it's not true at all it's uh it's important at this stage to to work hard on influencing the game in the areas that we can control
3: yeah I I kind of totally agree and I think You know, you watch Lucasinho play or you watch another pro compared with, you know, us mere mortals. The key thing is that what they are doing is they're controlling all the aspects of the game they can. And I certainly feel like going up the leagues a little bit, improving my game. The more you play, yes, you notice the things that are out of your control, but you are actually controlling the game more and more as you move up. Like when I first played FIFA 19, I was like, wow, this game feels like a complete mess. But that's because you don't have the skills to kind of control things. And and now, as you play the game more, um, you might not immediately see it because you're seeing a lot of things go, you know, a lot of the problems with the game, which, which may be solved by patching also. But just because the more you see things, the more that confirmation bias kind of believes they're there and that they're affecting you. But actually, you are controlling the game more and more. Um, you're probably increasing your possession in games if... if uh, Well, it actually depends because obviously you're facing better, better players. I think we say. But, yeah.
2: We said we said something about this in Berlin. I have a vague memory of it, mm. at least. That I've never ever picked up a new FIFA and felt like I have so much to Absolutely. learn and so many new things to control and learn. And like now that I feel like I'm controlling it, and I have a sense of how you should score and how you should defend and like what kind of positions where you should defend that way or blah blah blah. Mm. Um, I think it's a really good game. Um, there will always be bullshit and bounces. In if in a FIFA game or in a football game, like there are there will be random bounces everywhere, and you can see goals like that. Um, But as a whole, the game is really really good. I think it's I think it's caught a lot
4: of people on the hop as well. That um, I saw an example today again on Twitter, where somebody I think Matt HD Gamer had tweeted out an example of somebody taking a shot with Felipe Anderson, where the arrow was pointed at the goal and the shot just skewed off wide to the left. Um, and you know, to all intents and purposes, it may look like okay. Well, there is something wrong there. The game is broken. But timed finishing wasn't used. The first thing that strikes you. So you've got to ask questions like, what would happen if timed finishing was used? Would it go in? And I think people have got to accept that this is a fundamentally different game to FIFA 18 and all all previous iterations really. And until we get a bit more familiar with it, until we're using all of the the new features and using them well, perhaps it is going to look broken when, in actual fact, there are some areas where it's not. Obviously things mm. like bicycle kicks, the finesse shots that Lucas has talked about. Yeah, there are problems, some of the bounces with tackling. Um, but I think as well that, I don't want to say get good, but um, there are areas where people do need to to just learn the game a bit better, and perhaps it won't look quite so broken then. Yeah,
1: I was just going to say that, so I couldn't remember, I was going to ask you guys, if you guys thought that the uh, time it took for uh, us to figure out the sort of quote-unquote meta of how to sort of play the game, if it was taking longer this year, Um, because I seem to remember last year that people had already figured out a bunch of uh, sort of meta players and everyone had a very similar looking team. Um, whereas this year, I feel like a bunch of people are trying out you know, very different teams. I mean, yes, like, you know, finesse shots has sort of a, been become a staple of, um, you know, most top players' gameplay. But I've, I've sort of found that no, like,
3: people sort of vary their play style a little bit more than I seem to remember in previous FIFAs. Hmm. I, could, I could totally get behind that, actually. I, I think play style and also the player selection this year seems a lot more diverse. Um, if you remember, like, in previous couple of years, certain players just you know, 82 rated players like Martial, and et cetera, yeah, just becoming by, so expensive. Yeah, 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 because everyone had them kind of thing. So there's been a bit of variation. I wonder whether that's partly because of the uh, narrowing of the gap um, in terms of pace, but also in terms of chem stars uh, having less impact maybe. Um, yeah. So I think there is a bit of a balancing um, where that's concerned like centre backs as well getting a bigger pace boost than attacking players um, because of chemstars, stars um, probably makes a bit of a difference
4: I think there's more variation in the mid to lower tiers of gameplay um, I don't know if Lucas would agree with this he's probably as well positioned as anybody to, to comment but I think that the higher up you go the more you find that it's in terms of meta it's more a case of just basically abusing the mechanics especially the broken ones Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's been like that for years. Mm -hmm, It always has been abusing some stuff, and it's different every FIFA. In FIFA 14, do you remember the crossing in FIFA 14? And then in FIFA 15, like nobody crossed it ever, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to change, and you need to adapt to every FIFA, and we're in that period right now where we're trying everything in certain positions and trying different passes and everything. And that's when I feel like when people are losing, especially pro players, they're they like to complain on Twitter. And that's why we see a lot of negative things on Twitter. Um, because the stuff that they've been learning for a year is not working anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that could be sort of a nagging feeling for them. Do you think it's
1: possible that you, because you took a, well, more or less a year off, that you've sort of forgotten some old habits that some of the other pros might be carrying into this year? And maybe that's why you're adjusting more quickly?
2: I, I could be more open-minded definitely yeah. um i still have like the old fifa gameplay like because it really drastically changed in fifa 18 the right. gameplay and how you move the players especially defensively but yes and i feel like i have a more positive view on adapting than most people right. mm-hmm. as well yeah uh, because I i'm i'm really open to it like and I have, i'm so
3: motivated to start playing uh and learning it that 's interesting I, I do think you know pros who have an open mind tend to be the ones that do best. If you look at some of the like top players, um, there are ones which seem to thrive off their kind of reactions and twitch timing and things like that. but actually a lot of the ones especially the ones that seem popular with like their managers and and people in the scene are the ones that are kind of really thinking about the game and how they can approach it and sort of new ways of doing things and I guess you know you look at someone like zimmer who's who 's perfected that finesse shot like that didn 't come through him kind of trying to plough on with the same techniques it's about kind of adapting and learning and and making sure it's evolve or die
2: it's the same in FIFA you need to
4: you need to adapt this is so Um, refreshing to actually hear a pro player saying this because as as you're saying Lucas generally what you see when you look on Twitter or Reddit or what have you is just complaints and complaints Hmm. get you nowhere it's only by taking responsibility for the things that you can change and acting on them that's how you improve as as exactly as you're saying
3: yeah a good example of this actually is crossing I was conceding quite a lot of crosses first weekend of week in league and uh, throughout really um, the early stage of the game and just i think almost naturally have adjusted my game to make sure i'm putting pressure on the crosser blocking the opportunities making sure i have enough players in the box to deal with the headers all those kind of things and i also think people are moving away from crossing as it is kind of slightly inefficient as a as an attacking style so i guess these things when you get more uh, adept at the game, they're, they're going to they're come with time and you just have to kind of back yourself to be able to deal with those things to some extent. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about while we were talking about gameplay, Lucas, what is the formation that you've been finding useful and what kind of tactic have you been playing? I know I sometimes feel like, I don't know, there's only so much that pros tactical setups and formations can do for your average mere mortal, if you like. I still think it's interesting to find out. Yeah, um,
2: I'll tell you. Um First of all, like I play very different from most pros. Um, uh, I'm using a four-two-three-one narrow formation mm-hmm. um, with Ronaldo on top, Martial on the left, Griezmann cam, Mbappe and Viera and Conte, Marcelo, Varane, Ramos, Cancelo, Courtois. And my tactics are I don't I haven't really been watching other pro players' tactics, so I don't really know what's popular. But I could imagine them not being that similar. But pressure after possession lost. Mm-hmm. um three three on width and the defensive part and three on depth um and then i don't know I, should, I guess i should have put my game into so English so you're very counter like, attacking it basically cause you're good. yeah and quick qu- quick passing um so, oh, so like fast the, build up do you play it or yeah fast build up yeah. and and then pretty narrow with three three and width again and then a lot of players going into the box um because I use a lot of sweaties. <laughs> and, th- and then two or three uh, dots on corners and free kicks, and that's doesn't really matter. Okay. So that's what I mean. Doesn't
4: eating. that play pretty much like yeah. a 4-3-3? Three, three.
2: Yeah, it, it does. Um, I'm using Greece Mono a lot by tracking the midfielders, making sure to stop the... Uh, the What do you call them? Um, the switching of play. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to like close down the middle. and um, let them attack on the wings um, because I don't want them to be shooting precision shots basically from
3: the middle. Yeah. yeah. So do you have to be pretty then, defensively disciplined then to do that or do you find Yeah,
2: but I've always been like that, mm. a, pl- a very organized defensive player. And then two or th- three passes later, always forward with my strikers or wingers and mm. scoring three seconds later after winning possession. That must really frustrate your so, opponents. Do you get,
3: do you get some quite annoyed pro? Oh yeah,
2: probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, and I've heard people hate being down on me. Like if I score one, nil, they know that is going to be a really difficult game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't keep a lot of possession. Most, I have like an average of 40%, mm. um, in division rivals in division, division one. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's basically how I play and I couldn't really see myself playing in any other way. Obviously if I'm down one nil or two nil, I'll try to control the game in a different manner and I can play that way. But I'm playing at my best.
3: So now we know where the Eno in your name comes from. It isn't that? Yeah. Mourinho. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I would call myself an attacking player. People always call me like an organized, defensive, like Mourinho style <laughs> player. But I always have more shots than people. I always score more goals.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And Another I feel like I'm sport. the attacking one, trying to score when I actually have the ball. So <laughs> each their own. That's what it's all know. about, you know. As long as different tactics work, then I'm happy. You know, I think as long as there's not sort yeah. of just one way that people can play. And I think possession styles do still work. Like you know, I've seen they many do. people yeah, like hold onto the ball really effectively. So. I think uh, yeah. you know, it's a bit of both isn't it um, but um
2: yeah so I really like the custom tactics what I don't like is I, I'm a coach like a real life coach and I've been so for like five or six years mm. um, what I don't like is the overall tactic like saying oh we should always pressure after losing possession um, yeah because it's kind of weird I don't want them to, what do you do after the, I don't want them to what do you do after that like it's like pressure on heavy yeah, touch exactly what happens after and, heavy touch what, what are we doing <laughs> And if I'm losing possession in midfield, I don't want them to be putting pressure yeah. because they could just pass it to the wings and they'll just pass through my midfield. But like if I lose it on the wing, I want full pressure by the entire team. Even a goalkeeper should get in there. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I would love it to be even more advanced. I get that it's difficult with the game mechanics, maybe. Uh- and That's probably a step forward in
4: the future. I think, but that's something I'd like to, to see. answer your question based on observation. That after press on heavy touch, it seems to reset to a default of balanced. It'll adopt a mm, balanced mm. defensive style.
3: Yeah, I can imagine that. That does seem to me a bit of a flaw. You know, what if you want to pressure on heavy touch and then drop back?
4: No. it's just um, something that no. I've spoken about before. In that, I think it's great yeah, that yeah. we've got more. We've got more choice in terms of being able to change different systems. But I really don't like that they've taken the sliders away from custom tactics. Let's move on to something
3: that's kind of more of a, I don't know, game content issue. Uh, a lot of kind of complaints around Division Rivals at the moment, mainly the rewards themselves. So I'll just read out something for you all. Um, so the Division 1 rewards, and uh, Luke Senior, I'm sure you can fill us in as to how difficult this actually is to obtain. So the Division 1 Rank 3 rewards, uh, 42,000 coins. I won't bother with the other stuff because, you know, it's basically all valued at 42,000 coins. Uh, if you do uh, Rank 2, so only one rank higher in Division 5 Division 5, you get 44,000 coins. Um, Quite how that was considered a fair way of balancing uh, rewards, I don't know. Because um, how many games... Well, first of all, how many games does it take to obtain rank 1 in Division 1, Lucas? Um, Right about now, um,
2: it's 36,000 points to be rank 1 in
3: Division 1. And I think people were estimating it takes, I don't know, 70-odd games to get rank 1. Um, because you yeah, get so totally. many draws, right? And they're, they're kind of no points. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and uh, losses so are obviously really even less.
2: <laughs> 70 games in a week, that's a lot.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, so Division 5, rank 2, is probably probably even less game game, game time, basically. And you're getting a better reward. So, and, and you're being rewarded for being worse at the game, which is also strange. So I definitely think they need to scale this more. There's been a lot of talk of it. I think EA are fully aware of the fact that there's a lot of rumblings in the community about this not being a fair method. Um, Part of me worries uh, about the sustainability of rivals. Um, It is actually so competitive, even more competitive if you're in sort of, probably above Division 4 than Weekend League. And constantly having that, I don't know, having games which are super competitive continually and maybe even demonstrating that at some point you kind of hit your your ceiling if you like and it's difficult to improve whether that will actually encourage people to play you know the dkt for example daily knockout tournament it was very um varied the, the opposition you'd come up against you know first round um a lot of people would at least have a 50th chance of getting a win and then beyond that if you're sort of someone who's probably now in division four three etc you would have been able to comfortably win it uh, a great example is uh, you know fellow co-host horace he has played plenty of games over the first sort of opening of the uh three years game but not that many and uh, he hasn't actually managed to get to weekend league qualification whereas last year he would have paid, played maybe i don't know an hour's worth of game in the dkt and he would have got qualified so uh, it's quite quite a tricky system for i guess players who are maybe time poor but got decent skill um, i don't know how how some of you guys feel about it uh, i guess you know lucasino you're at the top of the game so i imagine you're quite enjoying playing tough opponents even if the rewards aren't there of course,
2: of course I am, but like six, 70 games against tough opponents that is really mentally exhausting. Mm. And me as a creator or a streamer, I love to stream and I love to interact with the chat and everything. It's really difficult like doing that while you're playing one of the best players in the world. <laughs> you need to concentrate. So I don't feel like there's any like casual mode to just like talk to your audience or like do something like that mm. except for the draft, and the draft
3: is going to be worthless playing in a month. Yeah, and I mean, even now, the rewards don't seem great. Um, Jamie, how do you feel about playing at uh, Rivals?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's interesting because I never really had a chance to play a lot of uh, champs last week, or last year, rather. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm i not used to losing as many games as I am losing in champs, or sorry, in, in Rivals. Yeah, my um, record is not looking good. As a result of yeah, it's, so it's, it's taken a... a, a, a sort of mentality adjustment for me to actually get used to it. Uh, I have to sort of understand and just accept that, yeah, I will just, I'm gonna end up sort of where I am and the ELO system or whoever they figured out, the skill point system should just eventually place me where I'm supposed to be. So I, I, shouldn't personally put all that much weight on the result of one particular match. And, you know, with that, I've sort of managed to, uh, I guess calm myself down and, uh, sort of mentally been able to, uh, sort of release myself from that foot champs uh, atmosphere or sort of tension um, that I, I would normally associate with foot champs because otherwise it's just not fun to play. Like, yeah. I know like, a lot of people are saying that it's, it's not fun because there's no like casual mode. And, um, in particular, I've seen like guys like I Am French and stuff like that talking about it. Um but like so for me it 's actually you can take it as seriously as you want to I mean obviously it 's probably different for the pros because this is like their training ground, they have to take it seriously this is you know this is what they do, but you know for someone like me who's who 's flirting with you know high end division three division two, um I can just go in there and just kind of play however I want right and and I can take it as seriously as I want. Um, and it, honestly knowing like another thing too I keep telling myself is if I drop down in divisions it's actually easier for me to get better rewards <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, until, until they change no back and I'm, I'm not too bothered about actually losing a game
3: yeah and how do you feel about rivals,
1: Steve?
4: Um, I approach the game in a slightly different way I guess to, to most people in that I love to win same as everybody else but a lot of the time I'll be just experimenting with different things and so I kind of factor in that I'll lose a lot of games um yeah yeah so you know i'm I'm comfortable with it I don't get as sweaty as perhaps some people do i don't play as if my life depends on it It's more a case of of experimenting with different players, different styles uh trying to find different ways of of coping with the broken mechanics um I enjoy it i I totally appreciate what people say about the the rewards not actually being that rewarding, and I can see mm. that changes need to be made there. Um, and I, I think as well that maybe some of the dissatisfaction with the game comes from the fact that, as you were saying, yourselves who have always had, I don't know, I'd guess at about a 66-70% win ratio, that that's levelling itself out now and people are losing more games. And uh, we, we don't enjoy losing. People don't like to lose. So, you know, to, to echo what, what Jamie said about adjusting the mindset... I think that's an important thing to, to accept that you are going to be playing much more competitive games and you are going to need to raise your game if you're if you're going to have that kind of win ratio. Very few players will.
3: And I think the one big thing which I'm sure you find an advantage is because you're facing players who you know around your level, when you're trying out tactics and stuff, it's a fair kind of good reflection of, of those tactics. Like when I was playing, fiddling with tactics during the week, playing weekend league, I mean, you know, it didn't really mean much when I was doing really well because I didn't know whether the player was just playing badly because they weren't a great player or it was because um, the tactics were working, if you know what I mean. So I guess that is a a key benefit, actually, of it. Um, And of course, before we move on from gameplay, Steve, you offer um, foot coaching. So if people are wanting more gameplay tips and insights, they can um, go to at Foot Tactician on Twitter.
4: Yeah, absolutely. That's all set up and running now. Uh, if people do check out my Twitter account, they'll see that the pinned tweet at the moment is a competition to win a free coaching session. So right. there's that. And, um, yep, we're, uh, we're open and taking bookings now.
3: And uh, if anyone else wants to plug anything, Lucas, where can people catch your streams?
4: I have an English YouTube channel
2: um, where I upload videos and stream at least a few times a, w- a week. So please check me out, Lucasinho. Um, you should find me if you search for it. L-U-K-A-S-I-N-H-O. Perfect, I will yep. say, um, sort of,
1: as, a, as an endorsement for both of them, uh, like watching pro players play and/or getting advice from top level players, uh, for me has been huge. Like just just sitting in a stream and watching a high level player play, j- just for fifteen minutes. Like I, I, for example, I was watching Fut with Jamie the other day, um, mm. just literally for fifteen minutes, and I saw that he was abusing the uh, the, the, the fake shot mechanic, which I knew was powerful. Um, mm. Do you mean the regular I, one? Or? No, the uh, the speed up one with the element. oh yeah, the speed up one, yeah. And he would use it when he was just literally in open space um, to run faster. (laughs) And uh, like, it—I just never occurred to me, but it is like sort of a speed boost. uh, But it's sort of like a controlled speed boost that's difficult to. um, I mean, I'm I'm assuming if you're playing against a good player, it's probably the the returns are probably diminishing as you get as you play better players. But you know, sort of against the players in in my uh, in my realm of division rivals, it was really effective. So yeah, yeah. anyway, that, that's sort of a long-winded endorsement of both of them.
4: I need to jump Great. in there. Just I agree with a lot of what you yeah. say there, Jamie, but um, it's, it's I tend to get a lot of people coming to me saying that, you know, I've been watching Kurt or I've been watching Gorilla or what have you, maybe Lucas Senior, I don't know, um, saying I've been trying to play like him. And mm. you yeah, look at yeah. their ability and you think, why on earth are you trying to play like him? You know, you need to work on the fundamentals a bit more before you get anywhere near to, to being able to replicate that sort of standard of play. Yeah, well, thank you
3: all for your... I mean, I know I've plugged you, you guys now, but um, we've, we've still got a second half to do. So we're going to, to
0: talk about the market and Team of the Week as well. And that'll be coming up right after this. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind with the app you can build quotes easily reorder your supplies track orders and much more so you can get everything you need right away stay on the job finish it and get started on the next one download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money Lowe's knows pros what's up guys this is Andy AJ free and you're listening to the foot weekly podcast
3: hello and welcome back to the foot weekly podcast we've got some interesting stuff to chat about in the second half well at least you'd probably hope so um although it's gonna be boring the uh, last 20 minutes but
4: uh we have had um, a very pleasant foot weekly break of course uh, steve how did you find it um i didn't actually realize we were on a break i just carried on until i realized just now that i was just talking to the dog it was great uh, lots, of water.
3: lots of water okay important to get rehydrated mm-hmm. let's start off with jamie when we're talking about the market of course um prime icon SBCs came out and i've got to give you some credit here um i'm probably not going to bother finding the clip but you definitely said that if you're a gambling man you would uh expect prime icon spcs <laughs> i i did
1: say that um but i it, to be fair for people that might be uh, watching from that that also watch my stream i also said that um after thursday that that thursday the or sorry th- yes yeah, thursday the 11th um i actually sort of went back and said yeah i'm, I'm like more 40% they're going to be coming out now mm. <laughs> so I, I sort of i sort of backtracked just a little bit um but uh you know to be fair that you know they did come out with them <laughs> the uh the problem was is they're ridiculously expensive and uh you know, this isn't necessarily EA's fault. They, um, you know, in terms of like making the requirements, it, they could not have sort of foreseen that, um, or they, they, I mean, they may have been able to foresee it, but um, the market is not acting irrationally, if you will. Um, the the fact that the baby icons or the discard icons, if you want to put that in air quotes, uh, are going for upwards of 450k, and pushing the price up of the uh, the SBC of the problem. Uh, the, the what is it? The the set uh, up to uh, well over the prices of a lot of these guys that you can get for them for tradable in the market um, mm. is is really silly. So you know, obviously, it is, it's just simply not worth it. Um, Especially considering that you have to sink so many coins into a player that good this early in the game. You can literally get the, you know, the hazard SBC done for better value for money, in my opinion. And usually expensive player of the months are, are things that I stay away from, like the plague. Um, but, you know, just looking at this SBC just makes no sense. I mean, obviously it's done pretty good things for some investments and stuff like that. And we were able to cash out, uh, the past couple of days because of it when it was combined with some other flashback SBCs and, and whatnot. But, you know, this is, uh, this is not an SBC that you should be doing, at least in its current state.
3: Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And, um, kind of interesting that they've added this kind of icon player pick SPC uh, in there as well.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I, you know, I think <laughs> I, I, I am a little bit disappointed just from like a trader's perspective because we can't now invest specifically for or create trading methods around for a specific, uh, requirement for a, you know, for example, if it was Yashin, Mr. Hatman, uh, there probably would have been a Russian requirement somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, obviously we don't have that this year because it's sort of like a wide pick. Um, another thing, I've seen complaints about the time limit on the, uh, SBC being 30 days. Um, I, guess, I suppose you could, you could kind of try and spend that as a good thing because, it, you know, it makes people, in terms of like an investor's perspective, you could say, well, people, if they want to do it, they got to do it now and they can't sort of, uh, be lazy about it and wait for like a Black Friday when all the requirements get cheap. But, um, I, I and think so. Some- plan- so
3: do you think they're going to like step up the quality of the players in each pick? As we go through the year,
1: I mean, yeah, like like just as they release like new uh, sets of them, I would imagine they release new uh, and, and better players. But the you know, I think what they're also going to do is they're going to make the requirements a little bit more expensive. Mm. Um, you know, sort of similar to what we had, where you know, for some of the big boys, you're requiring two icons or you're requiring even higher rated teams. So I think it's going to step up in in sort of in tow with the level of players that are actually available for the pick you know depending on where in what group a certain icon gets bunched with uh if mm. these SBCs get a little bit more affordable could make them more or less meta like the Herrero for example uh I would imagine more people are running around with Herrero now uh, than maybe they normally would have uh if it had been if Herrero had been placed in a group that was where he wasn't the most competitive player
3: but uh in the final front I guess you do have a, a kind of route that you can pursue for investments right
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, Juan Fran was great for investments. Um, mm. You know, he was one of those. I actually thought the value for him wasn't all that bad. To be fair, no, no, um, absolutely, it was, yeah. You know, a little expensive, but for I mean, what would probably is going to be the best left or right back in La Liga for some time. Um, mm. He wasn't that bad, uh, and yeah, as you said, it was it was great for uh, investments. You know, obviously the Atletico Madrid higher rated players went through the roof. Spanish players from La Liga went through the roof. So that was good to see uh, in terms of like an investment perspective. Um, yeah. The uh the, the one thing I'll say about the flashback SBCs, I have a feeling they might do them relatively frequently. Um mm-hmm. because, you know, this is yeah, sort of strap on your tinfoil hats here, but they dropped them on the same day uh that they dropped the Icon SBC or at least the equivalent day of what they dropped the first Icon SBC last year. So mm-hmm. maybe they're thinking like in terms of frequency that they're going to replace the Icon SBCs with uh, flashback SBCs. That is, you know, obviously I might be uh, sort of making a correlation out of no causation here, but... Um, you know, th- that th- I think that would be really interesting if they dropped them frequently. And, I mean, people are, are getting excited about it, too, sort of throwing around predictions and stuff like that. Mm. And the majority of them look like they're just basically the uh, Foot United or wait, what's that? Oh, what's Foot Birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, they, it, the majority of them look like Foot Birthday, uh, just with yeah, a different yeah. skin on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it would be an exciting uh, a couple of promos if they did do that.
3: Yeah, for sure. And it also just throws out like a completely random player that nobody was really expecting, if you know what I mean. It's like so hard to predict.
2: Yeah, um, right, exactly.
3: Adds an element of uh, interest to it. And also from a casual casual kind of, uh, not investors, but someone who's clever, who's kind of always looking to sell players from their club, it's quite a good little thing to have because right. you're not going to have the overinvestment so... Theoretically, you should be able to kind of make some profit from from your club. Also,
1: gives you something yeah. to do with all those untradable uh, cards that you get from Division Rivals rewards. Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> that's also true. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like player prices are I don't know they're really kind of starting to go through the roof. And I know um, during the break, one thing Steve did do was ask you um, about uh, when the next crash was going to happen. Basically, I don't know. Prices are getting getting a bit high.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we're coming to the point of the year now where. You know, inflation is starting to catch up to us, right? Or the the effects of inflation are starting to taper off, or will start tapering off rather. So, I mean, obviously, in the beginning, of the game, is people getting more coins, and um, you know, you see uh, every single weekly reward or weekly division rivals uh, time is going to put pump more coins onto the market, increase buying power. While that is still true, it's just going to shift in a way where uh, sort of the the supply and demand uh, dynamics are are shifting a little bit, right? So the you know the, the mid tier meta players, sort of like the Condombias and um, you know the the Jesuses of the world. Uh, those are the kind of cards where the supply of their because of their low pack weight is going to start to catch up to them, um, combined with the fact that people are starting to shift their demand towards the higher end players. So you know mm. uh, the the Aubameyangs of the world and the you know, the Lukaku's and you know, the other high tier sort of uh, upper tier meta players. People are starting to shift away from that mid-tier team. Uh, so you can see that it's sort of like every weekend on Sundays, you can see major sell-offs on that mid-tier meta as people shift their coins onto the upper-tier players. Uh, and it's, and it's even true as people are going to, you know, again, shift away from that upper-tier meta too. Uh, and they'll go to like the sort of ultra-tier, right? Like the, the super mm-hmm. high-end icons and, Um that's why you see, you know, that that's why I saw last year that those upper tier icons, especially the ones that became staples of a lot of uh, pros weekend leagues teams, uh Mm. they became they they held their value very, very well. And what we saw last year is this mid tier meta, um, they took a heavy hit uh right around this scream promotion. Um, you know, sort of spurred on by the fact that, you know, obviously a couple things that sort of rotation dynamic that I talked about with the supply and demand thing just there, uh but also the fact that, you know, their supply since they are a they they're relatively low rated, at least most of them, um they're they're going to get pumped onto the market when people open up these promo packs for Scream, uh, and you know depending on how enticing the Scream team is, obviously that's going to you know, vary up and down. Um, but you also saw the same thing and, and it's sort of a similar thing with uh, the upper end players, like the high end meta, so not necessarily the ultra tier meta, but the <laughs> high end meta. Um, I know it's probably getting a little bit confusing, but you know like the Obama Yanks, Um, those guys started losing their value last year around this time after this coming weekend. Um, and, I mean, it wasn't like they fell off a cliff like the mid-tier metas, but. Uh, the combination of scream, um, you know, and, and, and people maybe shifting their coins into some of the sub- more of the substitute goods that are coming onto the market into, in terms of team of the week, uh, shifting their coins into icons as people figure out what icons are strong. And also, uh, you know, y- you can't forget about the panic that always ensues when you have Black Friday right around the corner and the number yeah, of people yeah. that actually sell on, uh, you know, their players and, and sort of run with, uh, lower weight fitness teams, uh, heading into Black Friday. So, sort of a lot of things are probably gonna work, be working together, uh, to actually push buying power down. Not to mention, the fact that we've, uh, we're have likely to get the UCL repeatable SBCs again if they did any sort of repeatable SBC for the Scream that would be another thing that would push prices way down um, as, as with sucks buying power off the market so yeah I think at, at this point in the game we're likely to see um, you know the prices of some of the higher tier players not necessarily the upper tier ultra players like the icons and stuff like that but they're likely to take a hit especially the mid tier metas uh, so if you can be patient maybe wait another week and a half um, mm. and, and buy on like a Sunday or something like that or buy during rewards on a Thursday uh, I think you'll be able to get your players at much better prices, and you'll be happy that you waited.
4: Isn't it safe to say, Jamie, that the uh, the higher tier cards will rebound to some extent, though, because of the amount of the fresh coins being pumped onto the market by packs being opened?
1: Yeah, so like on a so there's a couple things and periods during the year where those high end cards always tend to rebound. Um, obviously, you have on Thursday. Uh, sort of a misconception is that the rewards actually push the prices of those upper tier cards down, um, and that's mainly just based on uh, sort of a, a pre, like, a, like thinking from previous years, how we could always associate big promos with prices dropping. So, like, team of the season, for example, usually prices all drop across the board. But that's, that's because, for those high tier players at least, but that's because there's substitute goods coming onto the market and that's shifting demand away from those really high tier players. Uh, when in reality, when you just have uh, pack openings in isolation, when, and there's no new players coming onto the market, like a, um, you know, like a team of the season group, uh, you just have like weekend league rewards and, uh, division rivals rewards. That is something throughout the year that Will consistently push those players up. Um, another thing too is like what we, what we saw last year. Uh, sort of funnily enough, was that we saw an over panic sell for Black Friday, and players actually rebounded and rose in price during Black Friday. Um, so as you say, uh, Steve, there are there are points during the year when uh, sort of people. Uh, over panic, and you'll actually you'll see that that it sort of ebbs and flows. If you go back to the graphs uh, from uh, FIFA FIFA 18, and even FIFA 17, uh, when it was less of a meta thing to be doing a, a trading and investing, um, you'll you'll actually see that players uh, at that upper tier generally hold their value pretty well, um, but sort of ebb and flow uh, mainly with the. Uh, Sort of like the major trends of the the market, as I was just saying, but also (laughs) with the the, the trends of people's uh, fear (laughs) around whether or not markets are going to crash.
4: Right. So I'm I'm making notes here. So basically sell all my 83s and 84s, buy back high rated cards when people panic sell.
1: Well, yeah, so <laughs> I do take a little bit of issue with, because <clears throat> you didn't necessarily give me a timeline for the 83s, 84s. 83s, 84s, I, obviously you want to sell. Like, So I'm assuming, are you talking about like mid-tier metas like the eighty three, eighty four 84s?
4: Yeah, likes of few Martiales or um, yeah, like so walkers, Yeah, extent, those guys
1: generally, like the Gondombias of the world, the Martiales, um, those guys generally take a heavy hit after uh, every week in league and they, and they have a tough time holding their value, uh, from now on out. Just, it, it, and it's, it's more pronounced. Actually, we were looking at it the other day, it's more pronounced on Xbox because there's a more, uh, there's a beefier uh, portion of Theus market that is actually the casual player. And they're the ones that are going to be holding up the value of those guys throughout the most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so maybe <laughs> if you're like an Xbox guy in particular, um, you, you want to think about either shifting on from a mid-tier meta team to get some of your more expensive players now if you can afford it, or uh, maybe you just going to have to accept the fact that you're probably going to take a loss on some of those mid-tier guys. What I've been actually telling a lot of people is if you have a mid-tier team and maybe you could uh, afford a upper-tier player and maybe build your team around that upper-tier player and, and sort of hold hold the value of uh, of your coins in that and, and sort of use it as like a bond, right? Like put your coins into a, an upper tier icon or like at least a mid tier icon that looks like he's going to become meta, like someone like a Blanc or a Zola or, um, you know, maybe Nedved or something like that. If you can put your coins in something like that and then build a, a sort of a lower tier team around them that isn't going to, you know, just fall through the floor in terms of their value, um, then you could probably save yourself a lot of coins uh, sort of in in the long mm. run that way.
3: Yeah, I did that last year with Lalas and he became like, no, not last year, year before. And he became really meta because, um, well, actually partly because uh, quite a few people in the community were kind of hyping him. But also because he just became better, like a, a card that people realised was really useful and people started to look into getting centre-backs um, into their teams, like icon ones, and he grew um, uh, went up in price quite, quite significantly, actually, over sort of the period of a month um, around kind of, win- uh, you know, autumn, winter. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a good good shot. And
1: I was just saying, another thing you do too, uh, not to sort of harp on the market here, but um, you could also uh, sort of make yourself a little bit more liquid than you normally would be like your ratio to coins uh, invested or put into players to. Uh, how how liquid you are in terms of just how many coins you have. Uh, if you want to keep that ratio a little bit higher right now, uh, just because of how frequently EA is dropping content, um, literally, mm-hmm. if you just keep your notifications turned on free for like EA Sports and their Twitter and stuff like that, see what kind of SBCs they drop uh, and just like sort of immediately react to you know, the SBCs and the requirements that they drop. Uh, that's essentially what a lot of people have been doing. You know When... When the indices that are like good for investing, like the 83s, 84s, discard informs, when they're all expensive as they are right now because of the icon SBCs and uh, people wanting to do those and the, the sort of the, the initial uh, first week hype around that. When they're all expensive, what you can do is you can just say, okay, well, I've cashed out of my investments. Nothing's really good in terms of reinvesting right now in terms of prices. So I'm just going to stay relatively liquid and uh, I'm going to keep my notifications turned on so that when they do drop a new SPC, I can react to it immediately. Um and uh that's how you can make your coins. So for example, a lot of people are doing that with the Bundesliga SBC or the La Liga Player of the Month SBC that's likely to come out pretty soon.
3: Yeah, great market insight as always. Um we should probably try and wake Lucasinio up now because uh <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think he needs I'm the just, trading advice. Um <laughs> I do. I do, I do.
2: What am I gonna do with all these uh eighty three German old people <laughs> yeah. that I get all the time in a draft? <laughs> yeah, And and so
3: um one thing that I did last week, um which Actually, talking about how um, people might look to rotate out of players, I think this team of the week is actually a good example of that, potentially. Um, there's a lot of quite meta, quote players um, in this team. Uh, one thing I did previous week, which I think was quite fun, is just ask uh, all the guests what uh, player, if they were given any player pick they want, who, who would they, they pick out? Um, so first of all, let's go to Lucas. Who, who's the one player there that you'd, you'd choose? we were talking about icons
2: and how powerful they are, but sadly there isn't really a strong full back icon out there. Mm. And that's why having Alexandro is so important and especially when he gets an inform, that will probably be the best left back throughout the year. Mm. Totally agree. Um yeah. in case like um unless he gets another <coughs> inform.
3: So I would definitely pick him. Totally agree. He's super well rounded, really high stamina great defensive stats with shadow you're going to get him to sort of maxing out the uh, the pace as well um i think he's mm-hmm. one of those players as well that i think he, i don't know whether you agree with this jamie but i think he'll just increase in value unless he's not too
4: overpriced at the start
3: yeah i mean at a minimum he'll probably hold his value from his his settling mm. point
1: assuming he doesn't get another inform
4: yeah he's also, also one of the tallest left backs in syria so uh pretty handy for those mm. far post headers as well yeah, totally. He's, he's
2: really easy to connect with chemistry as well, yeah, also um, with Ronaldo and Brazilian. Yeah,
4: totally. And Steve, who would you pick up? I'd probably take Van Dyke. I think, based on mm. the fact that I played with his gold card quite a while at the beginning of the game, and he stopped pretty much everything. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a tasty card to have. The one that I'd I'd rather talk about though actually is, is Mitrovic. Um, I think that's going to be a card that people could pick up for discard because uh, yep. it'll be packed quite heavily with the screen promotion and he's he's actually quite meta um, in terms of his heading and jumping ability and mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the great things about these cards is that they're handy to bring on as substitutes later in the game when you do encounter constant pressure because it's always great to have an outlet ball to a tall striker who can get up and, and knock the ball down when you're just lumping it forward from the back to clear the pressure so mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a card that I'll, I'll certainly be looking at. Nice, yeah.
3: That's a good shout. So,
1: Jamie, who would you pick out from there? Uh, you know, aside from the obvious, I'd love a Sandra, I'd love a Van Dyke, mm. But given that I didn't play Weekend League this last uh, week, maybe I'd have to keep my, <laughs> my uh, hopes a little bit more grounded or even realistic. I would get none of them, obviously, because I didn't play. But if I had to choose sort of like an outside pick, I'd say Arnautovic. Arnautovic looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might fit. I, I've been using Mandzukic recently. Um, because of his uh, phenomenal aerial ability, <laughs> sort of adds a, I think, mm-hmm. a different layer to my game. Um, because I can be threatening from crosses, but I think Arnautovic would be decent in in sort of filling that role for the Premier League. I mean, obviously, there's other players I can do it for him, like a Lukaku is going to be great for that aerial role in the Premier League. But you know, obviously, he's going to be very expensive. Um, I, I also just always liked Arnautovic in the way that he plays in previous Fifas, uh, especially last year when I was really big into shielding. Um, mm. he was he was one of the players that was very effective for the um you know obviously uh, there are players that were more effective than him like a son for example on the left so i didn't he didn't get a whole lot of use on my team but um you know central or is definitely going to be interesting i wish he uh i wish he still had his five-star week but though
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no, no, i mean he's a really good player i'd, I'd say you know he's, he's not informed people like a lot
4: i think he's i think he'd be a good, a good i was wondering well. ben if you if you thought about perhaps dedicating this podcast to omar El soma um, <laughs> well yeah Old <laughs> is definitely a,
3: a legend R. I. <laughs> podcast but RIP exactly he's got three star <laughs> skills which just you know that four star four star the strength the pace the shooting oh, it was beautiful but it's not to me unfortunately um, not this year but he has let us have an inform. just before we move on for the week a quick shout out to the you know in the past we've loved calling players the kante from wherever you know the french kante etc etc um and uh this is definitely the proving kante a guy called aquino uh he's uh, only 78 rated um so you'll probably get him in your um player pick if you're getting one and he's got 98 agility 96 balance but he's got really solid defensive stats and he's got high defensive work rate medium attacking um i mean with shadow he gets like 96 acceleration, 91 sprint speed. Um, he's got decent uh, stamina and strength. He's quite small, five nine, similar to Kante. But I think he could be one of those, you know, tenacious um, midfielders that uh, does quite well. I quite like the high agility balance, uh, sort of central players this year. Benieta's been really good, so um, yeah, could be a lot of fun. Bit of an outside shout that nobody will ever use because <laughs> um, I don't think anyone's ro- running with the Peruvian Liga MX hybrids at the moment. <laughs> um, if that's something you want to do, uh, he's your man. Right, let's get some player reviews in. Uh, does anyone have a particular player that they want to dedicate this week's
4: podcast to? I've enjoyed using Leon Goretzka a lot this week. Um, I've been trying to maximise the potential of winning more 50-50s and he's certainly helped me in, in achieving that. He's always in the right position. He's great at breaking up play and recycling the ball. Um, he's mm. never going to unlock a defence with a 60-yard with a pinged pass but he can lay it off perfectly well um he's cheap i think he's something I around twenty thousand and falling at the moment and yeah i'd if you if you're running with a bundesliga team definitely get him in there and i'd even encourage people to look at hybriding to a to a bundesliga team um because yeah, yeah. he is that good he's not too difficult to get in um i have to say jamie i thought you weren't a big fan of him
3: but
1: that might be yeah you know he just feels a little bit clunky to me um like sort of a Similar to like a milinkovic savage to me. Both of them feel a little bit, uh, a little bit like they're moving around with like concrete bricks on their feet. Um, I mean, they do the job. Like if you put them in, if you put them in a position to su- succeed, um, then you know, in a in a role where maybe they're surrounded by more creative players around them, uh, where they can, as as Steve was saying later off to, uh, to them when it comes to sort of the more attacking areas when you get closer to to the box, that I I would assume makes them play a little bit better, but.
4: Um, he's very much sorry, Jamie. He's, he's very much a, a defensive-minded player, really. Even though yeah. he's um, he's high high. Um, yeah, so
1: I could just be using him wrong. To be fair,
4: yeah. Possibly, I mean, he's he's got his acceleration is one of his greatest assets in that position. Um, mm-hmm. He does get to the ball quickly. Um, he has pretty high reactions, which which also help, I think. Um, but yeah, in what terms position are you
3: of, playing him? Are you using a false nine and playing him like as one of the sentiments? Yeah,
4: yeah. That kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I have a sort of attacking centre mid and a defensive centre mid, and he's the defensive centre mid. Um, and yeah, it's certainly in terms of 50 50s he's your man.
3: And so, Jamie, obviously not a fan of... Uh, not a fan of Gretka, but is there anyone that you uh, have been enjoying over the past week?
1: Uh, believe it or not, yes. Uh, and this is one that maybe... Some of you that was sort of in tune with like the FIFA Reddit scene or maybe following a couple of select people on Twitter would have known, but uh, informed Manzukic has actually been really effective for me um mm-hmm. he 's not a player that like my level of enjoyment with is very high, but he 's sort of like dirty and efficient. <laughs> he takes advantage of some of the I, I, as I was saying uh you know a couple of weeks ago when I was on, I rely very heavily on the time finesse shot um. And as I've found, as I've grown to the higher divisions is, uh, people will just start moving their goalkeeper on me, or they've just figured out how, how and where I'm, you know, I'm gonna be looking to get on the strong foot of my strongest shooter outside the box. And they just, you know, block that. Um, so what I've had to do is I've had to vary my gameplay a little bit, um, and I've taken advantage of some of the crossing mechanics and how powerful they are. And, uh, Informan is just, it's, it's dumb how good he is on, uh, crosses and corner kicks. Um, the times that he has, like, seemingly jumped to impossible heights over the back of a defender, uh, and, and driven a header that, uh, looks like a shot, <laughs> uh, rather than a header, um, into the, into the back of the net as you know, probably too many to count. Um, not to mention the fact that he does very, very well in, in hold up play. Uh, he's one of the only players where, uh, when I'm dealing with the high press, what I'll actually end up doing a lot of times is, uh, especially the the you know if it's like a constant pressure sort of thing is I'll actually play a uh, lobbed ball to him sort of like an X ball um, mm. r- just into his chest um, and he actually does a really good job of holding that up for me. Uh, and it's actually a way that I've found that I've relieved a lot of the pressure in it. And believe it or not, it's, it's really effective because, um, you know, obviously they've committed so many men forward in that high press. Mm. Um, and then you can beat that, that entire line of players that are just coming at you, like that swamp of players that are coming at you just by dinking it over. And then someone like Mandzukic is, is bound to, or usually wins the physical battle to get himself in the position to bring it down and then lay it off to a uh, player and you're on your way for a counterattack almost every time. So he's been really effective for me, uh, for those two reasons.
4: I agree what with that. that
2: I do that all the time um, mm. by using the lob pass to my striker yeah. like even if they're not even putting pressure yeah. on me mm. right. if I see Ronaldo or any strong target man up there, is really effective way of starting a counterattack, especially if the like, the center back goes to, like, um, is putting pressure on your back. You could just pass it back, and maybe, like, a winger goes in behind. Yeah, yeah, Right. It's a really
3: good way of counterattacking. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good shot. And then the thing that I like about Mandzukic, I don't know what chemist you have on, actually, but he's got, like, 70 defending on the card. Um, yeah. And he's got, like, he's actually got, like, 70 interceptions, so he's kind of a genuine, like, threat if you're pressing. Um, Believe
1: it or not, I actually drop him back to center mid when I make, when I make my subs in the 70th minute.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can <laughs> like imagine that. Well. Um, also, the other thing that I think is underrated about him, he's got like 89 reactions and 94 positioning. So, you know, he is a proper poacher. Um, yeah. And that Gresham as well will help with that 50-50s, all that kind of stuff. He's going to be very good on. Um, so, no, I like him as a little uh, outside pick there. Um, quick Dynamite Discord for you all. Um, just a little bonus here. Um, I've been using... Ndombele who's a guy that I picked out he plays for Lyon French guy uh I've, I picked him out um actually I think on Twitter just at the beginning of the season saying he could be a bit of a dynamite discard because of he's just 78 rated but has four-star skills high high work rates he's 5'11 um you put powerhouse on him which is not kind of chem style a lot of people use particularly often and he gets like 88 stand tackle 94 short passing 86 long passing 89 vision um, solid kind of defensive stats generally, but I think the thing that you know you think when you play a powerhouse oh well they don 't have the pace or they don 't have the the dribbling, but it kind of changes the kind of player he is because he is already very good at acceleration uh, sprint speed he 's got really solid dribbling stats, so you don 't don 't need to boost those things so much so once you put power on him, he becomes like a really complete midfielder and um, just really nice to to use box to box. You kind of have to sub him out because he's got 75 stamina, but um, you know sometimes it's good to get another midfielder in there anyway. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just really solid for me. Definitely plays much better than at 78. He's not going to be your top tier you know midfielder but he is really good and i'd recommend just giving him a go if you need someone to i don't know link in Depay and uh mbappe i think i was doing a nice little link between the two cool well thanks for everyone's player reviews in this segment um been pretty interesting to listen to good uh, tv week roundup as well just want to uh, finish off then by saying thank you for joining us this week jamie for economist don't think we got to plug you earlier so uh you are streaming quite regularly now aren't you so there's actually a bit of a problem with the end of jamie's audio but fortunately i've got him to send it to us uh afterwards yeah, I mean, you can catch me these days on uh, twitch.com slash foot economist. Mainly Twitter is just memes and uh, spreadsheets, which I love. Uh, Ben's best podcast host in the world.
4: Yeah, and I'm a bad FIFA player. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jamie. And uh, Steve? People can find me at Foot Tactician on Twitter. Uh, Steve Stokes on YouTube. Uh, hopefully we'll get a bit more content up to YouTube over the coming weeks. And if anybody wants to book a coaching session, uh, Twitter is the, is the way to go and uh, thanks to you for
3: coming along this week and big thanks to Lucasinho for coming back great to have you on as well yeah thanks for having me, it was a lot of fun ah, great, and I uh, yeah, look forward to having you back good luck with the uh, with the pro play over the, over the coming month if we don't hear from you before then and uh, thank you listeners for coming along this week it's been great to have you and we'll look forward to having you again at the same time next week And just before you leave us, please do subscribe if you enjoyed this week's Foot Weekly podcast. Just search Foot Weekly on your podcast platforms. If you're listening on Foothead, you can use the embedded player to subscribe or just go to audioboom.com slash footweekly for all your subscription options. And finally, a reminder that we are promoting Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Male suicide is the single biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in the UK. and Nobody should live miserably. If you're finding things tough, go to thecalmzone.net where you'll find help or just a chat.
2: Sorry, that was that
4: was, that was, Sorry, that, was that was a text message. <laughs> t- t- <laughs> t- t- <laughs> <laughs>